everyone, and welcome to Jackie's Quilting Chronicles, episode 27. Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be fun-filled. I'm sitting with my friend Victoria Finley-Wolf, and we're actually having a nice, quiet morning this morning after a weekend filled with events. Uh, In my last podcast, I touched on uh, a bunch of different things about quilting retreats and paper piecing and also the benefit of uh, going to quilting events. And that would be one thing that we will be talking about since Victoria and I just came off of a a fun-filled weekend in Manhattan uh, with the Quilters Alliance. But we're going to get right into it and we're going to really kind of dig into Victoria's background a little bit and she's going to tell us what she does, who she is, and why she quilts. How's that sound? Hi, Victoria. Good morning, Jackie. So give give my listeners um, a little bit uh, of background on you as a quilter and, and kind of how you started quilting. Well, I've always sewn anyway. I, um, maybe not always a quilter, but always needed to to create and make things. Uh, My father was an upholsterer, so there was always fabric scraps laying around. My mother was a seamstress. Um, I actually only learned recently that she actually worked for Finger Hut for two years sewing sewing winter jackets and those lovely polyester double-knit clothes. That (laughs) That were so wonderful to wear and stuff too, right? Oh, (laughs) I'm sure they were. Back in the 70s. Yeah. So, you know, sewing was always around me. My grandmother was a crazy quilter, and uh, she was a big influence in my picking up the needle and thread later in life to uh, be inspired by what she did and sort of bring that creativity back into my life. So that's how you got um, started sewing. But you also have another background as an artist, correct? Yes, I uh, went to college. I'm trained as a uh, fine art painter, sculpture, and photography. Um, but the sewing has always been in there. I actually, I, I tried to incorporate my quilts into my college uh, education, but at the time, it, it really wasn't accepted. Even in the say. 80s, they, they were uh, not so much in, uh, including quilts as uh, a fine art. It was still considered much as a, of a craft. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because I've heard other quilters um, who have been interviewed that have been in the industry, quilting industry, for a long time and have also have a background like you, you know, in, in art and uh, photography, etc. And they've also said the same thing when they've been, when they were in college, it wasn't, quilting was just not, didn't seem like an acceptable art form. Right. At that at that time, how did you feel about that? Uh, well, it was you know it was something that felt very natural to me, so it was something I really wanted to incorporate, and I thought it was kind of interesting that it wasn't allowed because what I was doing in college was I was experimenting with the products that I was using, either inks or paints or acrylics or pastels or anything, and I was putting that directly onto the fabrics. And I remember having a color theory project, um, and I wanted to do sort of a monotone project quilt, a project quilt, um, in pinks to grays and 
I went to a quilt shop to try to find the fabrics to do it, and there was just nothing. There mm. was there was nothing available for me to be able to do that. Yeah. And I remember trying to find out how to dye fabrics at the time. Of course, I didn't have the internet to to look up and find all the how tos, and I just I couldn't do it. So I remember tossing the towel in on that project, and my teacher was you know practically wiping his forehead in relief that I moved <laughs> on from that. But you know I've never forgotten that project. I. I'll probably start buying up all my Kona cottons and, and try to still do the project that I had in that, my head that'd at be the a great time. I- Actually, that'd be a great idea. Why don't you revisit that? That'd be fun it's to see. It's still there. It's yeah. still rattling around in well, my brain. So. Do, you, do you think that, I mean, when you went to college and you got that reception from, you know, your teachers, et cetera, about it not being such an acceptable art form, do you think that's because there's been, um, I think, historically quilting it was uh, viewed as utilitarian. Do you think that that's possibly why? I don't even think they thought of it as utilitarian. I think it was just it wasn't even it, couldn't, it wasn't even fitting into outsider art. It was just sort of something people did as a, it, it as a hobby. It just wasn't important. It didn't, yeah. It just wasn't really important. It wasn't considered in the art world whatsoever. Um and now, I mean, it's amazing, I think, when, I mean, and I referred to, to our weekend, uh, and the, the amount of energy and the amount of people who are quilting and people, some of the people that we met make these beautiful, I mean, you included, obviously, <laughs> make these beautiful, they are, and I consider them pieces of art. I mean, whether they use them as a utilitarian object or they use it to hang on their wall some of them are phenomenal pieces and I think do you think that the the um, view is changing in the art world for quilting well the quilt world it's alone has come so far and is seems to be more accepting um, I think it might be that the art quilters themselves are have had to sort of battle maybe a long time to find their place, and it seems some of them are are finally breaking into well, craft itself is breaking into um, more the art gallery world. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that it's the art world more accepting. Maybe it's just more different kinds of galleries that are now realizing that you know crafty people can make things that are beyond they're interesting they're art anything it's art you're putting anything together you're making something from nothing it's art as far as I'm concerned right um but what is your favorite part of quilting or do you have a favorite part the process it's all about the process anything just to be able to put anything together you know when I was a kid it was picking up my dad's wood scraps on the floor and painting everybody's names on them as nameplates and giving them out or picking up his fabric scraps and sewing them together and making pillows out of them. Scratchy, but they're still pillows out of upholstery. <laughs> Scratchy old 70s upholstery fabric. Do you still have some? I'm sure some of them are still around on the farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have any of them here. but um, when, uh, I'm sure there's one that still exists. My, my dad was very uh, conservative on his batting that he would that went into the furniture, so he wouldn't let me stuff my pillows with the, the batting that went into the, you know, in, in the cushions and whatnot. So I would have to find something else to fill the, the 
pillows with, and often I'd use Kleenex. So they were really cozy pillows. <laughs> they were really and comfortable. It, and if you ever got a cold, you knew, knew where yeah, to get a tissue. Get one, a little lumpy, a little hard. <laughs> you know, but it, it's all about making making yeah. do with what you have, yeah. And, yeah. and that's what I have. That's yeah. what I use. So, so you uh, you talk about process. Can you can you give a visual to the listeners as to what your process is and what kind of goes on in your head when you're starting? Say say from when you're starting a quilt. Right. Well, there's always the 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 thing that starts the inspiration. Um, either something has given me an idea, either from nature or a feeling or a song. And sometimes there is no inspiration, and I just look up those eight bins of scraps in my scrap bins in my studio and decide something just needs to be done because I need to get rid of those scraps. <laughs> so I'll just sit there and I'll just start sewing stuff together and listen to the fabric for it to tell me what it needs to be or what it needs to become, and you know, and not not always worry that. The inspiration needs to be there, but just just sort of play and let it happen, and listen to it, and hopefully that'll lead me to the next step. Okay, so we we had an event here actually at Victoria's uh, a loft here in New York City. One of the events was Friday night, and I she was uh, interviewed for Quilters SOS, and I'll have Victoria explain that. But one of the questions I so wanted to ask her then, and I didn't because. <laughs> It was it was um, kind of an on the spot question, but having known Victoria for a little while and knowing what she she does and she does very well, um, Victoria. So, how big do you normally make your quilts, <laughs> <laughs> and how many do you make? Uh, <laughs> I know where you're going with that. Well, if you read my blog, it's kind of a joke. Tell them where your blog. Tell them your blog um, address, by the way. Blog is bumblebeansinc.blogspot.com. Um, I make a lot of king size quilts. Um, I've made the mistake in the past to make a quilt and it'll be like my favorite quilt in the whole world, but it doesn't fit my bed. So I'm on the ultimate mission to make the quilt that I think should be living on my bed, and, and I have not made that quilt yet. <laughs> but you made <laughs> I have some favorites. You have. You do. You I have. do have some favorites. I have the quilt that. You know, if my house was on fire, I would run to save it. Um, but it is not quite... I put it on my bed, but it is not quite big enough. Yeah. Well, you, the one quilt that you... The one, that's true. Go they big do. or go and, home. And it's nice to know, though, when you're creating your quilts, that you do use them. I mean, they're, they're used. And that's one thing about quilt making that I absolutely love. I love the utilitarian aspect of it. If I want to make something, I want it to be used. I want it to be loved. I wanted to get worn out and frayed, and and they're pretty. They, you know, I mean, to when me you, they are. right? Well, yeah. they're, and they're. I mean, when you when you create something that you love, and you get to display it on your bed and use it too, it's right. it's it's kind of twofold. It has a twofold purpose. Right. It serves as something comforting to look at, and something comforting to sleep under. Definitely. Right. Yeah. So. Um, but you also do little, you do a lot of like little swaps and stuff on the internet and you, you run a, a couple of different blogs and sites and all, um, t- tell, if you can kind of go through a little bit, uh, each by one by one, like each of the sites that you, you, you do and what they're about and, and, and give, please give the listeners the address so that they can 
can look them up too. Uh, well, one of the other sites that I run is 15minutesplay.com. Um, that's from Aunt, started from people asking me, you know, how do you how do you make a quilt? How do you do what you do? Like I just I can't think that way. I can't you know I like to make a pattern, but I want to try other things, and I don't know how to do that. So I started the 15 minutes play site strictly based on my process of what I what I do, just basically sharing what I do, and and maybe that will help somebody else to break the rules or try something new or really just uh, provide a way to approach your fabric in a different way that might um, get you to your creative process faster. For me, it's what we're at a time when I was uh, a mother with a young baby at home. I would only get 15 minutes because I realized I need that. I need at least 15 minutes a day to fulfill my creative need. So at, one, at that point in my life, it was to sew for 15 minutes, and that's all I had. Later, as, as I'm working on a quilt, I often work on 10, 10 quilts at a time. And, but if I feel like I'm getting bored or stuck on something, and I need to either go work on another quilt, which is why I work on so many at a time, I can float from process to process, um, I can just take 15 minutes and, and sort of almost like free writing in a... In a journal, you know, where you just take 15 minutes, just sew some stuff together, you sort of clear your mind, you open yourself up to any other possibilities that could come at you, you know, where you're not thinking so hard about lining things up or constructing something in a certain way. It's just, you're just sewing stuff together to do it, to be open to the possibilities. And on, on that particular site, you're not the only author on that site. You have what no, you call players on your site. That's open up. We have you know, blogger that's you have 100 players on the site. So I have 100 authors who contribute to the site, and we constantly come up with challenges and different projects, you know, anything that will encourage you to try something you've probably said you would never do or never try and or have never thought of or, you know, it just we're all there to support each other, to encourage each other, and, you know, there's no judgments. It's, it's just... A way to tap into your creative process. And now, even if even if um, you don't have, you can't be an author on the site. People can um, they can contribute go ahead on the Flickr site. Um, there's a group there, um, and they can make comments and they can do the process on their own as oh, well. Absolutely, correct? yeah, definitely. But if they want to actually post uh, pictures, they can go on the um, uh, Flickr site, correct? Yes. So, um, and they, what would they search in Flickr? Fifteen minutes play. It's yeah under Bumblebeans. Fifteen minutes play. Okay, okay. And what are what are some of the other sites you have? You 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 run a guild too, and you, you know. yeah. I run the New York City Metro Modern Guild. Um, I'm the president of that. Uh, we meet. We, we, we're, <laughs> we're being interrupted. This, this is a public service announcement from Jenny Egg, who's decided to attack her pillow. <laughs> If you're wondering what the growling is, it's not our stomachs and we're not growling at one another. (laughs) (laughs) Um, New York City Metro (laughs) Mile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Modern Guild, um, this fabulous movement of of quilters across the country who are, you know, trying new things, experimenting with new ideas or perhaps expanding on, on the way they quilt already and playing in these fabulous sort of 
fabrics that are designed these days and taking things and reinventing them and pushing the limits and and uh, our guild it's, it itself is a bunch of us who've just been really thrilled to come together and share the things that we're working and on. And it's grown. And it's grown a lot, yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it, I, I think, personally, I think you, it's a fantastic group of people that you have, and I do agree. I think they're quite talented and a diverse group, too, and all learning from one another. Definitely. Well, that, that, the sharing, you know, people just want to come together. Our group seems to be um, based very much on the community of the event, of coming together, sharing what we've been working on, no judgments, you know, being open to wherever we are in our creative process. And then at the same time, we do a challenge at each meeting and we come together as a group and we put a quilt together at every meeting. Um, and those quilts will probably be donated at some point. Speaking of donating, you how I met you, I don't know if my listeners know this, but I had started reading your blog a while ago, probably when you, around when you first started um, blogging. And, but what, how we really met was when you started your project, Bumblebeans Basics. Right. And uh, you had put a call out for people to send in blocks or send in quote tops for there's a charity here, which I'd love you to tell them about. And and because I do long arm, I, I kept thinking, how the heck is she going to get these quilts quilted? So I had volunteered to quilt a bunch of them for you. And that's kind of how we got connected, which I think was fabulous. And um, you're still running this project. So if you can tell my listeners kind of, how the project gets started, where it's at now, and what people can do to contribute at this point. Right. Well, um, one of the things I've done from the time that I started my blog was always to find a way to bring community together and to make something to give back because I absolutely love what I do. And if I'm lucky enough to do that and share that passion with somebody else, then um, I just feel it's part of my responsibility to give back. So I had started doing charity quilts, and then at one point I had a bunch of charity quilts piling up in my corner, and I needed to find a home for them. And I asked a friend of mine who I knew um, ran a transitional housing facility here in, in the Bronx in New York, and I asked him if he needed a few quilts because I had a few to give. And I guess kind of that he was a guy, I kind of thought maybe he was going to say, what am I going to do with some quilts? Mm-hmm. But he turned around and he said, do you have 700? And I almost <laughs> fell over. I was like, that I have three in my closet I can give you right now. <laughs> but I said, but let, just me work on that. let me see what I can do for you. So I went home and I, I designed the house block and I, and I asked um, my readers if they would make some house blocks and send them to me and I would put the quilts together and I would give them some quilts and I really thought that I was only going to get three or four quilts maybe that I could put together. And I ended up getting 550 house blocks. And then people donated fabrics and backings and batting. And, and that became 60 quilts. And, and then that's how we met was uh, you and I. It was, it was um, sort of a collaboration and getting all those quilts quilted yeah. after I got the tops together. Like, ah, you've got and the tops. You need them quilted. Exactly. 
And so that was, that was very successful, and I'm very proud of that. And so those quilts that were put together from those blocks uh, were all auctioned off, and we raised over $30,000 for that, basics. And that's fabulous. Basics itself, the organization is um, taking homeless families out of the shelters and getting them back into transitional housing, which means basically they're getting a very small home with the the basic of essentials, a mattress, you know, a chair, some plates to eat off of, mm-hmm. and there is not much else in those units. Anything that they get is donations. So quilts just seem to be the, the natural thing. And it's fabulous. Have, have, out, of, out of curiosity, before, before you tell people how they can continue, have you heard from any of the recipients of these quilts? Have you heard from any of them? Or do they not know where they're coming from? I know that you no, go right. there and you you do, you know, you present well, them. And... Um, one step after me making those quilts, I had opened up the basics program to um, include quilts, finished quilts from anybody who wants to send them in. So it became an, a, an ongoing quilt drive. And so we'd received over 300 quilts and Every time we open a new facility through Basics, um, each of those families get a quilt. So we do a, um, a distribution day mm-hmm. where we bring all the quilts. All the quilts that are sent in, the names are attached to the quilts, and they're read out loud, and they're given to people face-to-face. And so if you've sent in a quilt, your name has been read out loud in your city, in your state, and where it came from. And, and so everybody knows how much work has gone into making that quilt and letting the recipient know that they're thought about and they're cared about. And someone's thinking about them at a time when they're starting over um, and getting their lives back on track and getting a fresh start. So you know, all of that information is given, given there. It's not, a, it's not anonymous. It's... You know, we're sharing, we're making, and we're sharing, and we're giving back. And uh, how many more quilts would you like to get to Well, them? we've, we've, you know, including the ones that I've made and the ones that have been given, we're probably at around 400. So I'm, you know, I'm preparing for the fall that we can start another round, and I want to get them those other 300 quilts. Yeah, 700. Yeah. I want to get to that number. So, so what can my listeners do if they want to help for this cause? What what would be the best way to go about it? Well, the web on the website bumblebeansbasics.com, the information is on the site for where you can send your quilts. They accept, you know, clean. They don't have to be brand new, loved quilts, finished quilts. I'm not able to. Finish. <laughs> I, Another still, I still have a bunch more here I need to finish and make. But, you know, I can't accept it really any more um, unfinished quilts. So you send, the address is on the site for you to send completed quilts uh, to basics directly. And the size, etc. And as we accumulate enough quilts for the next distribution event, then, you know, we set that up mm-hmm. as we have the quilts available. So you have on there as well the size that it should really be? It can be any pants. size. You know, they're, they're, we need we need grown-up size quilts. We need mm-hmm. baby size quilts. We need toddler size quilts, you know, children okay. size quilts. And we, I, we do get a lot of baby quilts because mm-hmm. they're quick and they're easy and they're fast. But sure. if you have bigger, bigger older quilts. 
quilt tops that have been sitting in your closet that you think you're never going to finish, you know, perhaps even asking in your neighborhood if there's a long arm quilter who would be willing to help you get those quilt tops finished yeah. and sent out. Yeah. Um, because the parents need quilts too. Yeah, so. they do. They do. Um, and I, th- I personally think it's a wonderful cause. I mean, anybody who can be warm, especially in the winter, you know, mm-hmm. under a quilt. Why not? Especially right. when you're coming from a shelter and you yeah. have nothing. Right. You're, you're coming, they're coming to, you know, to, uh, through Basics, which the, the Basics has now changed their name to, um, so I have to get all that updated information. But the site is still bumblebeansbasics.com. Um, you know, they're coming with their things in a garbage bag. Mm-hmm. And that's all they have and that's with it. them. Yeah. So, you know, anything, anything you can send will be appreciated so okay so we talked about a lot of what you're involved in and all one of the other things that you're involved in which we attend we attended this wonderful event here this weekend quilters take manhattan which was put on by the alliance for american quilts which you are now a board member of uh, and i i kind of if you can i i want you to if you can tell us a little bit about the alliance and uh, what kind of happened this weekend? Specifically, you know, what happened at each event? Because there were three events here. Right. Well, the Alliance for American Quilts is um, a nonprofit organization which really helps to sort of preserve um, the stories behind quilts and quilt makers and, you know, keep keep the information alive. Um, The events that we put together this weekend were um, really to to raise awareness to the several different projects that they they run. The event that we started off with was here in my home. Um, I was, I'm new to the board. I was, (laughs) I'm giggling because I was just thinking of my my sort of introduction into yes. this is being riled by Mark Lipinski. <laughs> it was quite a riot, but yeah. So anyway, so I was interviewed uh, by Meg Cox, who is the president of the Alliance of American Quilts, and the the program is called uh, Quilters Save Our Stories. They they interview to document and preserve and share the stories of quilts and quilters. Um, it can be anybody. It can be a quilt. You could just be owning a quilt, the history behind it, if your grandmother was a quilter or whatnot. If you are a quilter, it doesn't matter what level of a quilter you are. It's really just to preserve those stories. Um, so I, uh, that is what happened. And by the way, I, went, I know that you've heard it from a lot of people, but the interview was fabulous. And they, people will be able to pick it up um, or see at least see the transcript on the Alliance's website, correct? Right. All the interviews afterwards are transcribed. and There will be a link to it on the site, and then the stories um, get put into the Library of Congress. And there are approximately how many interviews that have been done already? Over a thousand have been done already. So that it's something that you can be trained for through the Alliance. There are links on the site to learn how to be a QSOS interviewer um, so that all of these stories can be preserved. Um, 
So that that's one event, one thing that happened on the mm-hmm. Friday night event. Mm-hmm. And so after that happened, we I had worked with them to put together a panel on modern quilting, and and what that means to everybody. There there are so many different perspectives, and that I think are really wonderful about what this new movement of modern quilting is, and and keeping the quilting itself alive. So we had a panel together of five people from completely sort of different backgrounds in mm-hmm. quilting to sort of talk about, you know, what it means to them and how it how the movement relates to what they do. For instance, uh, John Adams from Quilt Dad and Fat Quarterly gave his perspective. We had Jennifer Paganelli as a, the fabric designer and how that relates to her business. We had Melanie Testa, who is an art quilter. And we also had Nancy Soriano, who is from the Creative Connection. And we also had Kim Reinovich, who is uh, one of my members of the Modern Guild here in New York as a modern quilter itself. And, you know, everybody was able to give a, a sort of their perspective on how they relate to modern quilting, how it relates to what they do, you know, what does it mean to them in general. And it, it gave a very wide um, perspective, ideas, and and hearing about how, just how exciting it is. And you were moderating. Yeah. You did a fabulous yes, job. Thank you. <laughs> it was, I was glad to be part of it. And they, like you said, they all, I think they were all very diverse and all had uh, a, a wonderful uh, perspective on modern quilting. And, you know, a lot of people, and I, I don't know about you, but I've gotten um, plenty of emails as to the question, what is modern quilting? And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of answers for it. I don't think there's one singular answer, personally. I'm I'm just excited about the movement itself, that people are picking up the craft and and taking it seriously again. And and I'm really curious to see, you know, what will happen to the movement in the next few years. There are a lot of young quilters who are starting to sew again, but the movement is not defined just by the young quilters who are starting out. Right. It's it's anybody looking to expand on their creative process, and, right. and I just love that. I agree. I, agree. I, I just feel that the, the, the energy that was in the room on Friday night and having that sort of diverse uh, group of people talking about you know what excites them about it, it, it was very... It was just a wonderful feeling. It was. In the room. I it don't was, know how to even explain it, what it was, but there was it was it was a powerful uh, connection. It was very much so, and I think one of the things that we learned, if not if not anything else, throughout the whole weekend, that quilters are are all different ages, and you don't have to be young to start it. You can be. There were many people talking yesterday, actually, that they have. Um, women and men that are coming in at their 60s and 70s and just starting to pick up the needle and thread. So, you know, it's never too late, and it's never too early, really. So so, um, talk about the second event. So Saturday we had um, the event with Marianne Fons, her daughter Mary Fons, and also Jay McCarroll. Um, Jay was interviewed and had his QSOS done by Mark Lipinski at the event. And Marianne gave a lovely, entertaining, educational um, talk about what she does and what she's done over the years. And Mary um, explaining more about what her her show Quilty is. 
and they're all just such great entertainers. It was a great fun. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a very fun yeah. afternoon, and yeah. and the the excitement just didn't stop. It just kind of moved all around all day. A bunch of quilters having a great time. So that that was the next. And you got to you got to model, one <laughs> amongst amongst others. But you amongst got some others. You... There were several of us that got to walk around in Jay's clothing all day. It was pretty much a, a cat fight at the end of the day trying to get those clothes off of us and back to Jay. But, yeah. you know, we reluctantly handed them over. Yeah. But it was it was fun, and you can actually see uh, Victoria did put uh, she blogged yesterday and today uh, about the events, uh, so you can actually see some pictures on her blog about them, and I'll have posts up after the weekend when I get home and, and get my two feet back on the ground, um, so, but then, then we had an, uh, one more event and as well. And then one more event at the City Quilter uh, last night, um, sort of just to wrap up the whole event and to thank our sponsors, and we had, uh, an auction of six, six of us board members provided small quilts that could be auctioned off uh, for the evening to, to wrap it up. And, and it got a little, got a little hairy there with a few of us, <laughs> by the way, auctioning yes. there at the end. I had to, I had to watch my friend Marie Boswick. Her and I kept watching each other all yeah. weekend though. Cause there was auction events at the, the second event too. Right. Lots of fabulous. And actually both off. of us were, we, we, Took home a few things we that we took home a few things. Yeah. I stood guard. I, yeah. I got I got what I wanted. Yeah, you did, and you were very, very <laughs> persistent. You were like, nobody is going to get nobody, this. Nobody's going to get this. No. I'm going to get this. <laughs> so now that was a fun event last night as well. Um, it, what I liked about um, all, all three events is meeting a lot of these people that. You know, you see on the internet or you hear about and you really never have the opportunity to to come face to face with them and speak with them and learn a little bit more about them as a person. Because sometimes I think you, you see things on the blog and, and you, you get a pretty good eye feel for who that person is and you, you know them, you feel like you know them. But when you meet them, you, then you really kind of get that connection and um, all of the people, I think, were kind, generous, very I think. Generous. Um, I think that was a, a very good uh, <laughs> word to use to yeah. sum up. Yeah. In, that, in fact, how the, all, all, all of these events came into play was by everybody's generosity. Absolutely. From Orville to Vernatex yeah. to you know, Fonz and Porter and, 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 and everybody who contributed and gave and came right. and became members of the Alliance. Right. There were, pe- I mean, there were people that came from, uh, yesterday, well, yesterday and the night before there was the, the woman from England had yeah. come. Yeah. There was also a man there yesterday from New Zealand. She, he wasn't a quilter, but he came with his friend. Because he was curious. Uh, yes, because right. he was curious. He came all the way from New Zealand. And then, of course, Alex Veronelli from Orophil flew in from Italy. He's, He's a new board, new board member. New board members. member. Yes. Um, he uh, missed out a little bit. A little bit. by Mark Lipinski. Yes. <laughs> Mark Lipinski was a little bit, really a little bit of a riot. <laughs> <laughs> um, great fun. Yeah, he was great fun. He and Jay McCarroll <laughs> together on that interview. When, when If people go and they 
pull up that interview on the Alliance's website. Right. Uh, It'll take a bit of time to get that transcribed. But yeah. when that's up on the site. I think I'm going to provide a link to that because that yeah. was very entertaining. Yeah, it was quite entertaining, <laughs> I have to say. But um, I think we I think we learned a lot as a whole as a group. Um, one and and this is kind of like a little side note. But yesterday at the event at the the afternoon event, there was one woman who, and I believe she belongs to the Empire guilt here um she was sitting there after you know all the interviews were said and done and the silent auction was still going on and she was sitting in one of the chairs and she was hand stitching on a quilt and I sat down next to her and we started talking and I said I I said I'm so thrilled to see somebody sitting here stitching yeah I said can I see what you're working on and she said she was working on a challenge from the Empire Guild. Um, she was doing Grandmother's Flower Garden. Uh, but she, at that point, she had the, the top piece, and she was working on some hand quilting, and she was using orange pearl cotton thread, which ca- caught my eye, because I, I, I'm loving orange these days. <laughs> but when we, we were talking back and forth, and um, it was just kind of a, a, a nice side note. And she says, you know, she says, it would have been nice to see a lot of people there with, you know, hand hand projects working right. on them. Um, so it was kind of neat to see her just sitting there enjoying being there by herself in the chair right. with people surrounding her walking around and, and kind of hand stitching. So that was kind of a, a neat little thing. But um, anyway, it's, so if people want to... Um, see what the Alliance does. And I know that they have lots, they have contests. They have one coming up too, don't they? They're about to announce their next challenge. Uh, and they're usually little mini quilts. And, and we got, we got a sneak peek at, at uh, the last one that had happened. Um, Meg Cox showed, it was, uh, I forget the title of it, but they were how, house. The shape, the new, the the shape, new shape for the was, quilt for the next challenge is the shape of a house. Oh, it, it, that's for the next challenge? Past. What's the, they had used the shape in the past. They had used the shape in the past. That's what I thought. Quilts. So yeah. they're going to use the shape again. That quilt again for the next contest. Okay. Um, and you can find out more of the information on the Alliance for American Quilts dot org. It's actually www.allianceforamericanquilts.org. dot org. Thank you. And 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 there's while you're on the site though, I think that uh, you should definitely float around. There's plenty of great info on there. There, there's all the information is there on all the different projects. They they are partnered with the quilt index. Um, there's the quilts under the bed for when you find all the sort of quilt paraphernalia mm-hmm. and you don't know what mm-hmm. to do with it. When you find old patterns or if you're cleaning out your grandmother's house and there's all this, this mm-hmm. stuff from the 40s mm-hmm. and whatnot, mm-hmm. like what do you do with it? But that stuff also gets preserved. So that's mm-hmm. like another project within the alliance that we do. Another thing that I think would be great fun is in Houston this year, the Alliance is going to be doing over 60 interviews on the floor of festival, and we, we need volunteers. If we're going to conclude or to do that many interviews on the floor, we need a lot of people to come and help. And it's a great opportunity for you to learn how to do the QSOS interview and so that you can go back then and, and, have, and do these in wherever you live, anywhere mm-hmm. across the country, around the world. And we need volunteers. And that there's also a link on the site to find out that if you're going to be in Houston, if you want to give some of your time um, to help 
preserve these stories, you know, come down. It'd be fun. That would be fun if you're going to be a. Fe- but it's just strictly a festival, not at Quilt Market. It's a festival. It's not a festival. So that that they we should make sure they know the difference. Um, I want to just backtrack quickly here. Um, one of the things that you talked about in your interview that um, I really, for me, I really enjoyed hearing this story and because it made me think about my grandmother. Right. Uh, you were talking about your grandmother and how you remember her sitting there with what she was doing. Can you, can you, would you mind talking yeah. about that? Um, well, you know, it's taken me a really long time to realize just how much my grandmother's influenced me in my artwork and my quilts. And, you know, when I, I'd always sort of, I made quilts now and then, and I'd never really had a, a, a sit-down lesson <laughs> all the way through on how you do a quilt. But when I, when I did start quilting, and I was, I was doing everything that I had learned just from watching my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, she, would, she was an arthritic invalid uh, by her mid-40s, and she couldn't bend her arms or her fingers, so she would sit in her rocking chair with her arms sort of folded up across the front of her with a big sheet laying across her and using the double-knit fabric so she wouldn't have to fold the edges over. She would hand mm. sew, you know, four or five pieces. She sort of arranged them all on her lap and sew them down as she went along. And, and, and I realized that, that is how really I work. I take a few pieces at a time. I don't really have a plan before I start to sew. I sew a few things together and... Uh, it slowly adds on to that, and that's that's really the way that she worked too. I mean, she wouldn't have a complete idea of what her quilt was going to look like until it was done, because she was only working it four or five pieces at a time, um, and very much like putting a puzzle together. Mm-hmm. So, in, in everything that I do, I'm realizing how much that she's influenced what I do from. Um, things that she had in her garden to things that she's had in her house mm-hmm. to you know the the cushions that she made to sit you know around the house or to the quilts that she made or or the cooking and the canning I mean it sort of just kind of comes out in every aspect of my life um, so. so okay so I, I sorry I'm, I'm I'm kind of like I've got many thoughts in my head right now that I want to ask you. Um, and I know that you, you, you kind of channel what your grandmother had done and you realize that, you know, this is how you work and all. And I want to go back again, slightly (laughs) to the quilt that you brought for your quilters SOS. You picked a quilt that you made for, for that. And, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you had talked about, you know, you know, the process of it, but you had also referred to your, the way your grandmother had pieced when you were... The, the quilt that I used as my touchstone project to show at the interview was the Everything But the Kitchen Sink quilt. Um, it had started because I was uh, trying to use up fabrics and stuff that I had here from different projects, and I wanted to sew a quilt... That was very much like my grandmother's quilts. So I had started laying pieces out and sewing them down onto a sheet. And I got so bored doing that that I put it in a drawer and I didn't look at it for 15 years. So in 2009, I pulled it back out of the drawer because 
I mean, it looked pretty mm -hmm. cool so mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. I'd only done yeah. maybe, you know, a, a four foot by 12 inch wide strip of a twin size mm -hmm. sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, so it wasn't very like, big yet. It wasn't that king like size it, yet. But it was boring <laughs> tears out of me. I was like, I have to find a way that I could do this my own way. Yeah. And so I dug, you know, every quilt top that I had started in abandoned. I had taken all the orphan blocks that I had. I took out every antique block that I collect when I go to antique stores that I just can't leave laying there. And I pulled them all out and I just started sewing those things together. And not really having a big plan of how it was going to look when it ended. I didn't really think about how I was going to fit all those things together. Um, but by the time I finished that quilt, I had learned so much about myself. I learned about um, quilting techniques that I never thought I would mm -hmm. set out to do. I think there must be about 100 Y seams in that quilt to make that thing go together. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't like, know how to do it? them when I started. I can yeah. tell you I can do a Y seam in my yeah. sleep now after yeah. doing that quilt. Mm -hmm. um, picking up applique again after all these years, um, I had... I, I started to learn that there was, I wanted to put everything into that quilt. And, and by everything, I don't just mean applique or piecing scraps of fabric together or um, hexagons or, you know, whatever. It was, it was incorporating all the memories, all the things that I thought about from uh, either from my grandmother or things, um, quilts that I had started to make when my daughter came into my life. Um, I must have made 20 quilt tops for her and I could never make the right one right. when she was my first right. kid I had to have a perfect baby quilt well, yeah you have to so I made so many of them and some I didn't like and so I just I just chopped them up and I put those in there and you know clothes baby clothes that she didn't fit anymore to hang on to and by the, by the time I got that quilt top put all together two last bits went into it and one of them was the strip that I had originally started with is at the bottom of that quilt um, so it, it looks different than the rest of the quilt but it was such a journey the whole thing in there and the very last thing then was uh, a dish towel my grandma also used to embroider dish towels and the last piece that went in was cherries from one of my kitchen dish towels so yeah. that's where the, everything but the kitchen sink hmm. And title came from. And if, if the listeners want to look at it, they can go to your blog. It's, it is in your blog. Yeah. Um, several times, I think, you have it in there. Yeah, it's, it's the one quilt that everybody seems to be able to really relate to. Yeah. I think that the fact that there is so much in it, not so much that it you know, can resemble a, sam a sampler style of a quilt, but just the fact that, it, that you, everything that you learn is in there, all the memories are in there, and, you know, it's... It's become something to me that I feel like I need to do one of those a year. Mm. You know, it's like instead of journaling every day, that quilt is my journal. Yeah. And so every year I'm trying to make one. So there is. And it's not this small. This was done in 2009. <laughs> it's, it's not but quite really, a king yeah. size, but it's close. <laughs> the 2010 one was the ragamuffin quilt, which I finished, which that is bigger than a king size quilt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where all bloggers were contributing orphan blocks to me to be able to make another one of those quilts. And the 2011 version of that is still hanging in mine, thanks to you. I'm completely obsessed with silks now. <laughs> and it's going to be a silk, everything but the kitchen Gotta sink have quilt. A, yeah, oh, the whole thing is going to be it's silk. silk. Oh, it's all silk. 
Oh, yes. I know. I feel. I feel. I've been feeling an urge all weekend to play with my silks. Sorry, those little pops were <laughs> that you hear. We have some popping going on. soda cans or soda bottles, but yeah, I do. Feel, I felt the need all weekend to to um, do a little buy sewing. Silk. Well, do a little sewing on silks. No, not buy silks. I've, I, right now, I'm okay. But <laughs> um, but we are going to be going to do a little sewing this afternoon, which will be fun. It'll be our. Yeah, so we're rounding up the day, the light at the end of the tunnel for our very, very busy weekend. Um, you know, for me, it started Thursday with board meetings, Thursday, Friday, and then Friday night, the events, and all day Saturday events. And today it's cleaning up and getting everything out of here, and then going down to City Quilter and sewing with the, the New York City Metro Mod uh, group and having a nice sewing day and yeah. sewing our brains out. Yeah, the rest it'll of the be afternoon. fun. It'll be fun. It'll be great fun. I'm um, so for my listeners, and I want to just reiterate again before we wrap up, if they want to know more about you, there's plenty of places on the internet to find you. Um, can you uh, go through the, the main places? If people want to, to take a look at your work or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Where can they Well, My, my main you? website is, is bumblebeansinc.com, mm -hmm. and all the links for everything that I talked about are on that site, and that's probably the best place to go okay. to. Okay. Otherwise, there's the Bumblebean Zinc blog. There's the 15minutesplay.com. Um, I also just started up a new group just of eight of us who are sort of pushing ourselves even further just to play and challenge each other, and that's modernatecreate.blogspot.com. Um, you know, it's, it's just always about... I just I love the fact that I can get together in a room with a bunch of people and we sort of push the creative process. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something that's you know, artistically crazy and out there, but as long as you're pushing your creative process to keep continuing to create and see what else you can do, um, I'm all for it. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's fun, and I think that my um, listeners will enjoy checking out your blog and checking out your work, as do I every time you put up a post. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's always something fun going on at Bumblebeans. And uh, please definitely stop by to see Victoria. Tell her that you heard her on the podcast. If you've never seen her before, leave her a comment. Send her an email. Tell her that you heard her and that you want to uh, see, what, see what she's all about. And if you want to contribute to any of her projects, I'm sure she'd welcome that very much. So, yeah. And if you have any questions and you can't seem to find where she is on the internet, you know how to get in touch with me. You can contact me at my email, Jackie at cvquiltworks.com, or you can go to my website, cvquiltworks.com, and all the links are there for me. So thanks for joining us again for episode 27, and thanks for coming today, Victoria, because you couldn't, you had no other way, <laughs> because we're here at your place, so I really came to you. So that was kind of a dumb statement. <laughs> But anyway. I have you trapped, yes. Jackie. Yeah. Thank well, you for yeah. inviting yeah. me. Yeah. But uh, I enjoyed today's interview, as I always enjoy sitting and talking with you. So, thank you. Yeah. So, anyway, until next time, we'll talk to you uh, next month. Bye bye. Thank you.